morning, great people. Good afternoon, good evening. This is your host, Jake the Great. You're tuned in to episode 26, I believe, of Crypto and Chill. Yeah, episode 26. And if you're in Atlanta, um, you know that it's raining right now. So have safe travels to and from your destination or wherever you are. If there's any rain or any, you know, inclement weather going on in your, in your area, in your neck of the woods, be safe behind that wheel, man. No texting and driving. And don't have this all the way up if you're listening to it in your car. Cut it down some. But if you're just chilling, you know, cut it up loud as you want it to go. But be mindful of, that, of, of all of your surroundings, especially when you're driving. But uh, hope you guys are doing well out there, man. Hope you guys are staying safe. Making sure you, you guys are staying six feet apart still because we really don't know if the pandemic is, is over. You know, that COVID talks have kind of died down but at the same time it's still lingering around they don't know if they want to raise it back up or or if they want to take it back down you know with election time right around the corner you know who knows but let's check out the prices today um we got a bitcoin sitting at $42,133 um and it's 10 16 eastern time too you know so at this time ethereum sitting at $2,970 BNB sitting at $403. XRP sitting at $0.83. Cent, holding strong above that 80 mark. We got a Luna sitting at $95.33. Cardano sitting at $1.06. Back over a dollar. Uh, Solana sitting at $92.82. Avalanche sitting at $85. Uh, Polkadot sitting at $20. Doge sitting at $0.12. Uh, Shiba Inu still, I don't know how many times I've said this about Shib. But it still has decimal four zeros, then followed by 2366. So we got a crypto.com coin at 42 cents, Matic $1.53, Litecoin $120. I don't, what, what does Litecoin do? How is it continuously to hold? How is it continuing to hold its value? That's one thing about Litecoin, man. It's just, it's just there. Like, what's the utility? It's, it's just there holding money. But Link sent at $15. Um, Algorand sent at $0.82. Cent. XLM sent at $0.20. Cent. Um, HBAR sent at $0.21. Cent. ICP $18. A sandbox $3.20. VET sent at $0.05. Cent. Um, and those are the uh, eight coins sent at Twitter. The new and polarized eight coins. This is the only coin that I've seen in a while that has gotten like mass listings all at once. And like, I ain't gonna lie, the promotion behind it is crazy. We're gonna get a little bit into it later on. Um, but eight coins sent at $12.39. We got Gala sent at $0.24. Cent. Quant sent at $126. Uh, one, Harmony One sent at $0.14. Cent. Um, CeeLo sent at $3.13. Amp sent at $0.02. Cent. Um, what else we got here? As we scroll down the list, those might be the most important. Tailcoin sent at decimal 008. Uh, Tailcoin is moving pretty good, pretty decent. Okay, Tailcoin. What else we got here? What else we got? What else we got? Um, CSPR is sitting at seven cent. Um, 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 um. 
and the ones I'm naming too are the ones I'm invest, investing in. You know, disclaimer. Uh, XYO sent at one cent. Um, did I, did I see Proppy? Where's Proppy? Jazz, um, Jasmine, Jasmine, how do you say that? Sent at four cent. It's been moving pretty decent too, Jasmine. ACH Sinet four cent Alchemy Pay. Um, where is? Did I say Proppy? Let's see what Proppy is at, and then we're gonna go on with today. Okay, here is Proppy. Proppy is number four hundred and fifty-five. How is? Oh wow, that's crazy. But Proppy is sitting at a dollar and forty-nine cent. Proppy definitely deserves to be up a lot, a lot higher. 455 man it's come on coin gotta go really property is really out here you know doing work vxv sent at a dollar and 86 cent i remember when vxv was like over 12 dollars like 11 12 dollars in that range wow and I, <laughs> I ain't gonna speak on no names but i remember someone was really promoting the hell out of vxv and a lot of people, I think a lot of people sold some of the XRP to get in VXV. I just hope you guys convert it back in time. That's all I'm going to say. But anyway, uh, to the topics, man. First topic I want to start with is I got a, I received a question. Um, what was that, yesterday, day before yesterday? But it really was just a guy asked me like, hey, man, you appreciate the information I put on Twitter. And, you know, I just be being myself on Twitter. You know, I come in on this and that. But I just come from a, 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 a logical perspective. Like, I'm, I'm going to just call it how I see it, you know. And in the midst of all that, I also like to share information here and there. So, but um, he asked me, he said, hey, man, how is it, you know, appreciate your information, blah, blah, blah. But how can we get the youngins, the younger kids involved with crypto? And I thought about it. Like, that's, that's a good question. But nowadays, youngins are, it's like, if they're not brought up into, like, just a regular youngin, like, I'm, I'm going to use myself for an example. I ain't even going to speak on anyone else. I'm going to use myself, you know, for an example. When I was coming up, it was nothing about investing or stocks or real estate and let alone crypto when I was coming up. I was born in 93 so you can you know I just told my age but you can you can like when I was coming up there was it wasn't nothing about crypto it wasn't nothing about stocks it wasn't nothing about investing as a kid you kind of grow up you find hobbies you get into all types of things if you're outside you know you you know you just you just, you're, you're strolling around you're trying to find out life find out what life is and in school definitely wasn't I like my school wasn't teaching anything about investing or anything like that and we wasn't like big on our phones right that was back back then we had like game boys and 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 psps and and and, and you know what i'm saying like look look like the first iphone ones and 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 uh man what's the what's the phones the uh not the church but it was i think it was the church it was the walkmans that what it was walkmans I forgot what brand made that, but I think it was, was it Motorola made the Walkman phone? I'm not sure. If you if you know, let me know on Twitter at JV the Great. Those are some nice phones. But back then we wasn't like brought up on that stuff. Nowadays, if 
you have kids or if you have like teenagers in your household like I'm pretty sure they have an iPad they have an iPhone or whatnot like give them certain apps or send them videos that can expand their knowledge of crypto assets right if you want your kid if you want the youngest to get involved with the space and gain more knowledge I say that in my opinion no this is not financial advice and this isn't like nothing like that but from in my opinion I think the best way to teach kids about crypto is to actually sit down with them and say you know this is that this is that kind of break it down to them and show them little videos not no like in depth difficult videos you want to do that later on present that to them later on but in the early stages like show them little five five minute videos similar five minute videos and you know little simple crypto like those coins she the emu like little meme coins that kind of strikes their interest with like look something that has an image that can that can capture their their attention because nowadays attention spans are are short so you got to have something that's going to capture and grasp their attention so i would say anything that's this kind of like exciting colorful vibrant you know put it in their face and as time goes on you break down whatever you're investing in you say hey this is you know what i'm investing this is the type of crypto asset the digital assets that i'm investing in this is what it's going to be used for this is how it's being used and you can also use it to be to be converted into fiat that you can also spend and while you're doing that um if you have teenagers you have young kids you also want to you know maybe create them a coinbase account you know they they won't make create a coinbase uphold whatever whatever crypto asset whatever app you use to buy your cryptos also have set a create another account for them right so you're gonna have your account and you're gonna have their account you know throw some money in it every every week or every day however you want to invest every day throw some money in it and show them you know at the beginning as it starts off as zero like hey i just made this for you you know and it has it's a zero it's at zero now it says zero show it to them while it says zero and every week show it to them they're going to see that money, you know, going up, going up, going up, going up in value. Like, wow, wow, wow. And as they see that, as they're seeing that, they're going to be interested. Like, wow, how you, how is it doing that? How is it going up? How is it going up? Like, this is what I'm investing in. And, you know, it's going up in value. And blah, blah, blah. You know, just little simple things like that, man. That's what I would do if I have kids. If I had kids, I would, I would do that. You know, in the future, I'm definitely going to do, I'm going to do that when, whenever, um, I decide to start a family. Uh, this is that's what I'm going to do. You know, I'm gonna make sure that I have a uh, accounts set aside for my kids, right? And that way, as they grow older, they can, you know, pick up where I left off. You know, so that's just my opinion. Um, but you know, if you have other suggestions or, or other ideas. You know, it's not a right or a wrong way. You know, it may be, you know, ways that don't kind of don't make sense or, you know, but it's not, you know, how you raise your kids and how you want to want to teach them how to invest. You know, I mean, there is a right and wrong way, but you know what I'm saying? Just make sure that they're investing in real projects and they know what they're putting their money in. Make sure they're not wasting their money and making sure they're managing 
the money that they're putting in make sure they're not putting all their money in make sure they understand that you got this is money that isn't going towards your other responsibilities this is the money that's going towards stuff that needs the money but this is like money that you just sit aside it's like a piggy bank and you're just putting it aside putting it aside and watching it grow so that's how i would go about that but uh like i said you, you know if you have any ideas you know pretty sure it's not bad or anything but anyway first topic let's talk about ethereum this uh, this article title is ethereum is one step closer to solving a major criticism and beating bitcoin can you believe an article would even mummer those words beating bitcoin but as we all know bitcoin and ethereum for some reason are the chosen two but let's get into it um it says for years cryptocurrencies like bitcoin and ether have been assailed for the large amounts of pollution that comes from generating the electricity used to mine them because of the huge costs involved miners often set up shop where power is cheap typically because it comes from sources like coal but with the latest changes to a key blockchain used to power the ethereum used to power the ether cryptocurrency um several rival cryptocurrencies and projects based on non-fungible tokens also nfts that may soon end the adjustment promises to cut ethereum blockchain's energy consumption by 99 percent you should have just said 100 percent 99 percent well i mean what's the difference of that one percent just my opinion it also gives ethereum an edge over rival bitcoin bitcoin is not a rival to ethereum i don't know why people say that i don't know of any other project that's doing what ethereum is doing bitcoin for some reason though they want to put it like bitcoin and ethereum are the top two and they're rivaling rivaling against each other i i have yet to see uh any nft um project be built on bitcoin i have yet to see any project be built on bitcoin for that matter uh maybe i've been overlooking it but i I haven't i don't know of any project that's being built on bitcoin apologies you all um the app went out um but like i was saying i don't see why people say ethereum and bitcoin are rivals i don't get it ethereum is on a whole different trajectory a whole different path a whole different mission than bitcoin like i was saying i i don't, I don't see any projects being built on um being built on bitcoin unless i've been overlooking them but i haven't seen any projects being built on bitcoin i haven't seen any nfts being built i haven't seen any uh other companies um building things like property and and, and a real estate app anything like i haven't seen that i haven't seen that um you know but bitcoin is people are trying to get bitcoin to be accepted as a as a currency you know people are trying to you see different countries um trying to get bitcoin labeled as 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 legal tender right i'm not you we're not saying that for ethereum it's like they're on different paths so it's not they're not 
rivaling each other, right? I mean, Ethereum has its has its uh, focuses, and Bitcoin has its its focus. So it's, it's not a rival. I don't know why articles always say that, but um, to continue with the article, it also gives Ethereum an edge over rival Bitcoin, which hasn't shifted much to energy efficiency. Although under pressure to gobble up less energy, Bitcoin has no plans to change this technology like it, Ethereum did. Um, I want to weigh in on that as well. Um, how, even if people wanted Bitcoin to move to proof of stake, like Ethereum is doing, how would they do that? If Satoshi is the creator of Bitcoin and nobody knows who Satoshi is and no one knows if he or she if they are alive or not how could they config the network to to merge to proof of stake how could Bitcoin merge to proof of stake and if it could then you gotta ask who's doing it because clearly they would be the ones that control Bitcoin then you would have the SEC running back up like oh Bitcoin is a security and this that and the third and blah 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 sorry about that again guys application went out call came through my apologies again but um pick up where I left off how would Bitcoin even merge to proof of stake even if people wanted it to whoever could do that for Bitcoin clearly would be the ones that control Bitcoin so I, I doubt that happens I don't I don't see Bitcoin merging over to proof of stake that would mess up a lot of people's view of Bitcoin and I don't think the, the, the big promoters and people that are behind Bitcoin would allow that but um back to the article it also gives ethereum an edge over rival bitcoin which hasn't shifted much to energy efficiency although under pressure to gobble up less energy bitcoin has no plans to change its technology like ethereum did how do how do they know that the transition that is key to ethereum's energy savings came one step closer to reality last week with a mostly successful test that simulated the larger merging of, of ethereum's proof of work and proof of stake chains um, based in part on the news of the so-called merge the price of ether outperformed bitcoin over the past seven days ether was up about 13 percent over the past weeks to to about three thousand seven dollars while bitcoin was up about seven percent at forty two thousand six hundred and twenty two dollars the change involves the ethereum network which operates using what's known as proof of work and we, we kind of went over this um last week on last week's episode um, the merge and they you know launched it on the test net and it was successful um, but previously to record a transaction on this blockchain a transparent digital letter ledger miners were required to use powerful computers to solve complex math problems after the environmentally friendly fix miner, miners will eventually be able to verify transactions by staking some of their own crypto in, in, in special wallets in what's called proof of stake the more cryptocurrency a validator stakes, the higher their odds of being able to validate the transaction and claiming a reward in crypto for doing so. This process is less energy 
intensive because it doesn't require using powerful computers to solve mathematical puzzles. The Ethereum network is best known for its native cryptocurrency, Ether or ETH, the second most popular behind Bitcoin. It also hosts a number of popular applications like the NFT exchange, OpenSea, popular crypto wallet MetaMask, and automated tokens exchange Uniswap. As of now, Ethereum has two different uh, chains, the old one using proof of work um, and the new one using proof of stake. Through a process called the merge, Ethereum will combine both chains and move from proof of work to proof of stake, cutting its energy consumption in the process. The merge was supposed to be completed by the end of June, but now there is no exact date. According to blog post by the Ethereum Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to supporting the network. Tim Bako, an Ethereum developer who leads updates to the blockchain, told Fortune the transition to proof of stake could happen this summer. When the long-awaited merge happens, green conscious investors may be more likely to put money into projects that run on the Ethereum blockchain. Additionally, the tweet promises to make it cheaper to validate transactions because powerful powerful computers will no longer be needed. So, lowering the gas costs and going more green, more energy efficient. All sounds good for Ethereum, but the large holders of Ethereum when the merge of proof of stake comes will be the ones that are in control of the network so they will be the new validators those disguised whale purchasers during the ICO of Ethereum those are the people you got to worry about and with no one knowing who those whale purchasers purchasers are then you know you might want to be mindful of that also um we have another article here um ethereum has destroyed almost six billion dollars worth of its own cryptocurrency on purpose here's why let's take a look at this the network that powers the second most popular cryptocurrencies is, is intentionally destroying a portion of its own supply since august ethereum has cut down on 65 percent of the new issuance of its currency ether that's more than the equivalent of 5.8 billion burned, destroyed, and removed from circulation, according to Watch the Burn, and Ether, and Ether data dashboard. But why destroy all that crypto? Ethereum isn't just setting a pile of cash on fire and walking away. Cutting down on the amount of available currency is part of the multi-pronged approach to upgrade the blockchain and cut down on the amount of money that crypto miners can earn off each transaction. Last year, the network began implementing the Ethereum Improvement Proposal EIP-1559 that created a new system under which transaction fees that were formerly all paid to miners were split into a base fee and a tip to the miner. Now, the miner gets the tip but the base fee is burned or destroyed. The new system prevents miners from being able to game the system with spam transactions, according to, to Tim Bako, an Ethereum developer. Those spam transactions can raise the minimum, minimum fee for everyone else. The main reason why the burn is needed to prevent miners from, the game, from gaming the system on the EIP-1559, Michael told Fortune. If we did not burn part of the, of the transaction fees, they could fill blocks with spam transactions, raising the minimum fee for everyone but themselves because they would get back all the fees. 
interesting this can also keep transaction fees on the network more consistent Bico explains such fees can sometimes add hundreds of dollars to the cost of process processing ether transactions depending on how congested the network is this is some this is supposed to improve the user experience of ethereum additionally the burn ensures that transaction fees are paid in ether which cements ether's role, role as the currency of the ethereum network Michael said miners can offer services in other currencies or be offered payment for the users transaction fees in other currencies but on ethereum it has to pay the fee in ether burning is burning well let me let me speak on this um people that are not like concerned with the the i guess the the initial investors or the behind the scenes of the ethereum blockchain like if if if, if you're only focused on like the nfts and and the applications and the dApps built on ethereum you don't care about who's controlling the validator nodes and whatnot this is a a great this is like this is amazing news this is great news right because gas fees are going down you're going to be able to build more applications more projects going to be launched on there the more efficiency and, and like this is great news this is great news so uh, I mean, Ethereum, man, when, when, when you dig deep into, like, the ETH gate and their ties to the SEC and, and JP Morgan and, you know, the things that's going on behind the scenes with their um, investor, their, their shareholders suing them. And, you know, when you set all that aside and you're, you have no concern about that, you don't care about that, then Ethereum is, you know, it's going to be around for a while. It's a great project it's a great project like everything ethereum supposed to stand for is great but when you go into the, the behind the scenes part of it that's when things get uh eh, start kind of looking sideways but you know from the front because most people you gotta look at it most people aren't looking at ethereum you know from behind the scenes they're not looking behind the curtain to see what's really going on behind the project they're just looking at what it's offering you know how they can benefit what's being presented that's it so for the most part i think ethereum is going to do well ethereum is definitely going to be here for a long long time unless some type of investigation is is held and they do an audit but for the most part i think ethereum is here to stay um ethereum is definitely making their name trying to, they're definitely trying to submit their name within the crypto space and especially with this new web 3 and the metaverse and all that so Ethereum is definitely here to stay, man. I would, so I would say, continue to um, dollar cost in on, on on Ethereum, man. Continue to build up, continue to invest in Ethereum. Ethereum is definitely going to be here for a while. I don't. I, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Ripple XRP, but Ethereum, man. Ethereum is is got the backing of the big time entities, and you know what they're offering. And when they merge over, man, Ethereum is a powerhouse. I have to admit, Ethereum is a powerhouse, but they got a lot of a lot of corruption, you know, and I, a lot of a lot of things that make you look sideways when you, you know dig deep and unveil the the, the curtain. But uh, you know, that's neither here or there. But uh, 
back to the article. Even though um, Ethereum, blah, 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 highly anticipated upgrade new shit, blah, blah, With proof of work, miners must complete complex puzzles to validate, validate the transaction. This process requires a, a lot of computer power and is often criticized due to its environmental impact. Proof of stake, on the other hand, lets users validate transactions according to how many coins they hold. This, this, is, this is exactly what I was just talking about. Let me reread this. With proof of work, miners must complete complex puzzles to validate transactions. This process requires a lot of computer power and is often criticized due to the environmental impact. On the other hand, proof of stake lets users validate transactions according to how many coins they hold. So, the people that are validating the people when Ethereum merge over to proof of stake, right? The people that hold the most Ethereum, the most Ether, are going to be the ones validating all transactions. So that means, let's just say for an example, I'm not saying it's true, but during the ICO of Ethereum, when Joe Lubin said he can disguise whale purchasers, if one of those purchasers were a major bank like JP Morgan or Goldman Sachs or if it was Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook um, they will be validating transactions they can see the transactions and they will be doing they will be doing the transactions and it wouldn't surprise me if JP Morgan has a large supply or it wouldn't surprise me if a lot of banks have a large supply of Ethereum tokens. It would it would not surprise it would not shock me. Goldman Sachs, uh, BNY Mellon, Mellon, um, JP Morgan, City, all these big time banks. It wouldn't surprise me if they had a large share of Ethereum because I'm pretty sure Joe Lubin broke all of this down to them during the ICO. Like, hey, we're gonna move, we're gonna merge the proof of stake, we're gonna leave proof of work, you know. This is what's going to happen if you hold a bunch of the tokens. You're going to be the validators of transactions. So I, I wouldn't be surprised, man. That's why I said you gotta, if like like if you don't care about what's going on behind the scenes, you know, power more power to you. You know, this this does not concern you. But if you're looking at you know the bigger picture, then like, but maybe it doesn't concern anyone. Like, we we just gotta hope that, um, we just gotta we gotta we just gotta hope that. Um, you know they make you know um, they validate the transaction accordingly it's, it's all we got to hope for but for the most part with the with them dropping the gas fees you know that should be the most important point i guess and they're going green so hey but let's move on man um to to another topic um thailand 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 is that Thailand or Thailand? Thailand, Thailand, which one is it? And I'm not making fun of you guys. If you're listening from Thailand, Thailand, I'm not making fun of it. Like, I, I literally, literally wants to know. I want to know. Is it, do you pronounce it as Thailand, Thailand, or Thailand? Thailand, Thailand, or Thailand? Let me know. Um, but anyway, Thailand bans cryptos as means of payment. The Thai SEC stressed that it is only it, it that it is. Uh, let me read that. The Thai 
by SEC stressed that it is only banning the use of crypto for payments and is not banning crypto trading and digital assets. Why is that? Thailand's Security and Exchange Commission said on Wednesday that it will ban the use of crypto as a means of payment from April the 1st. The regulators cited money laundering concerns and the inability of the central bank to step in and provide assistance as the reason behind the ban. The Thai SEC stressed that this is not a ban on crypto trading and digital assets, which has has become more popular among the locals in the last two years. Just a ban on the use of, of crypto for payments. In January, Thai authorities announced a plan to regulate digital asset payments in the country. In the latest announcement, the Thai SEC said that digital assets do not provide improved efficiency to the, to the payments market because of the volatility and high transaction fees. Last year, many domestic property developers looked to crypto as a way to revitalize interest in the country's condominium market, which is largely geared towards foreigners. Thai authorities announced in early March that crypto trades on government-approved exchange exchanges will be exempt from 7% value-added tax until 2023. Now, when I see things like that, Thailand banning payments, um, bans crypto as means of payment, I instantly think about what Ripple is doing, right? So, on that note, we look into Ripple. Ripple and Trianglo. Matter of fact, I'm not going to go through all this. I'm just going to read this this point on Ripple. And this document came and let's see when this was this was posted. Um, published in October on October 21st, 2021. Um, let's scroll back down here. Okay, in August. South Korean money transfer company, Global Money Express Company, um, GME Remittance joined RippleNet to expand remittances between South Korea and Thailand. So, even though they're banning cryptos to be used as payment, they're still using RippleNet. And we all know RippleNet includes XRP. I think it's only XRapid or XCurrent. I think it's XCurrent. I'm not too sure. Don't beat me up about it. Um, but one of them only uses the messaging system from Ripple. But RippleNet includes everything. It's everything. It's leveraging XRP. It's doing everything. So, in August last year, South, South Korean money transfer company, transfer company, Global Money Express Company, um, GME Remittance joined RippleNet to expand remittances between South Korea and Thailand. Um, Ripple has also been trying to expand users for the XRP ledger technology beyond digital payments and remittances to central bank digital currencies. However, in the United States, Ripple remains deeply embroiled in a lawsuit with the U.S. Securities and Exchange Commission over an alleged unregistered securities offering of XRP. So, Ripple is still making way, even though Thailand are, are banning crypto payments. Um, you know, Ripple is still, their business is still on the way. So, anytime I see something about crypto banning, to me, it's just them saying that, hey, all this buying things with uh, 
these rug pulls and buy things with um, crypto assets that really have no use utility behind them. We're not going to allow that. We're, gonna, we're not going to allow that. Um, I, I would go through the list and just name some random coins, but we, we know it's a lot of coins out there on the market that really have, have no utility. So that's really what I think about. Like, we're going to ban the use of those, you know, for the most part. And, you know, things like Ripple, XLM, XDC stuff, they're going to always have utility. They're being used on a broader scale with real utility behind it. So I never include those when I see articles like that. But, um, and we move on to the next article. Um, salute to Katie Hahn. Salute to Katie Hahn. Crypto investor Katie Hahn shatters records with new $1.5 billion fund. Crypto investor Katie Hahn has raised $1.5 billion for her new fund after leaving Andreessen Horowitz and shattered a record in the process. Hahn Ventures kickoff um, marks the Hans Ventures kickoff marks the largest debut venture um, fund ever raised by a solo female founding partner, um, according to Pitchbook. Former investment banker Mary Meeker held the prior record with a $1.3 billion fund after spinning out from Cleaner Perkins. Um, it feels honestly, it feels honestly like a lot of pressure, but I think that motivates everyone on the team. Han told CNBC in her first broadcast interview since leaving Andreessen Horowitz, Web3 is the new era of the internet and it deserves a new era of investors. Inter- interesting. The term, um, hold on one second, guys. Let me, uh, gotta check. I got an interview coming up. Alright, cool. The term Web3 or Web3.0 loosely refers to uh, general computing applications built on the blockchain. The same technology underlying Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies examples in, include NFTs with a traceable ownership certificates attached to digital files. Pretty sure you guys know that. Let me skip that part. Han Ventures will invest in both startup equity and in some cases the cryptocurrencies issued by those startups, also known as tokens. That's something I've learned through being involved in, in deploying three other crypto funds. Matter of fact, hold on, let's go back. It's that simple. What she just said, let me reread this. Han Ventures will invest in both startup equity. And I'm I'm, I'm going back to this because we're going to use Ripple and the the SEC example. I'm just use this. Han Ventures will invest in both startup equity. That would be Ripple. And in some cases, the cryptocurrencies issued by those startups, also known as tokens. So the startup equity is Ripple. And then the cryptocurrencies, the tokens, will be XRP. Completely different. Completely different. The tokens used to, to, to power and operate on these networks and blockchain, those are the crypto assets. Those are the tokens, the XRPs, the XLMs. But the startup equity is Ripple, it's Stellar, it's Proppy, it's Definity with ICP. You see what I'm saying? But for some reason, the SEC refuse, refuses to see that. But um, she goes on to say, that's something I've learned through being involved in deploying three other crypto funds. 
There's still a ton of potential in crypto and Web3 equity business models, but also token business models, she said. I don't think that you can really be a crypto investor without holding tokens. Without holding tokens. <laughs> Someone gets it. Hans, Hans Fund will be divided up into two segments. 500 million for early stage companies and protocols and 1 billion for acceleration or later stage projects. Han, a former federal prosecutor, became Andreessen's first female general partner in 2018, where she co-led its multiple cryptocurrency funds alongside Chris Dixon. Andreessen Horowitz would be a limited partner in Han's newest fund, while Mark Andreessen, the firm's founder, and Dixon all personally contributed to her new endeavor. Her exit caught many in Silicon Valley off guard. While it was a dream job, Han said, the departure was about taking more of a risk and stepping out of her comfort zone. Obviously, there's a relationship there and there are friendships there. We still intend to collaborate closely closely with Andreessen Horowitz, she said. One of the unique things about our fund size makes it so that we don't have to meet every deal. We can, we can play well with a lot of crypto investors. Founders don't want a single investor on their cap table, even in the early rounds. Han Ventures' nine-person team includes Chris Lehan, a former Airbnb executive and Clinton administration official, uh, Tomika Tillerman, a former staff for President Joe Biden, and Rachel Horowitz, who led communications teams at Twitter, Google, Facebook, and Coinbase. Multiple employees left Andreessen Horowitz with Han, with Han for the new fund. She said the smaller team allows the firm to be more nimble and act as a venture contributors in addition to venture capitalists. Gone are the days where founders just want capital, she said. One of the things that Han Ventures would do for our founders is, is really actively contribute to the projects in which we invest. The launch comes during a bear market to Bitcoin. The world's largest cryptocurrency is down roughly 40% from its peak in, no- in November. With smaller cryptocurrencies like Ether seeing deeper losses. Han, who has invested through past downturns or crypto winners, said there's still plenty of developer activity and upside. When I think back to deploying the first two crypto funds, that was during a period period of immense volatility. It was definitely a crypto winner with prices down 70% and projects were still born that were still born that during the cycle, she said, highlighting Solana and NFT exchange OpenSea. One of the things I've learned as an investor with a long-term view of the space is that great products are going to, to be built and great protocols are going to be built no matter what the prices are. Crypto exchange Coinbase, which, which, which Han is on the board of, has seen roughly 58% from drop its high last year. Still, Han said private startup valuations aren't being affected yet. There's a bit of lag. We're still seeing very high um, valuations in crypto projects. Last time this happened with macro market corrections, it took a while for the for that for that to translate over into crypto. I think the same could be true here. While cryptocurrencies may be struggling to regain momentum, dollars flowing into private companies is at an all-time high. Blockchain startups brought in a record of $25 billion in venture capital dollars last year. A 
According to recent data from CB Insights, that figure is up eightfold from a year from a year earlier. That flood of venture dollars that flood of venture dollars has sparked some controversy on Twitter. Tesla CEO Elon Musk and Twitter co-founder Jack Dorsey, two of the world's best-known tech billionaires, have been among those questioning Web3, quote-unquote. Dorsey argues VCs and their limited partners are the ones who ultimately end up owning Web3, and it will never escape their incentives, he tweeted, calling in a centralized entity with a different label. That's correct. I look at it as Web3 finally getting some of of the critics it deserves in the space, Han said. If I could have the choice between Jack Dorsey offering some critiques versus some of the myths that we've heard perpetrated for so long in the space, I would certainly choose the former. So I think that debate is healthy. I bet you do. I bet you do because you know your money is fixing to go into it and it's probably going to triple, quadruple, you know? simply based on you calling something Web3 and decentralized when really all your money is tied up behind it and creating it. So, that's that's interesting. Um, and that, that makes me think about um, ApeCoin. And if you're in a crypto space, I'm pretty sure you've seen a lot dealing with this new crypto asset, ApeCoin. So, let's get into it, man. Let's check it out. Let's see what ApeCoin is about after this break. So what is ApeCoin? ApeCoin is an ERC20 token. We all know ERC20 are the tokens that's launched off of the Ethereum blockchain. Um, ApeCoin is an ERC20 token, a particular flavor of build-it-yourself cryptocurrency on the Ethereum blockchain. Most of the Ethereum-based social tokens that have taken off over the past year, think um, FWB for the social club, friends with benefits, and Right for the Web3 crowdfunding platform Mirror are built using this framework. Unlike NFTs, they're meant to be fungible. As with Bitcoin, any one ApeCoin should be worth exactly as much as any other ApeCoin. And you can buy and sell them freely on what is known as a decentralized exchange, a kind of digital trading post for cryptocurrencies. Almost every major centralized crypto exchange listed the token immediately after launch. This was an accomplishment in and of itself, given the notoriously finicky nature of major players like Coinbase. After just after just one day of trading, ApeCoin had a market capital, capitalization of almost two billion dollars. One eight is currently worth about fourteen dollars, and the total supply of tokens capped at one billion. Not all of which is currently in circulation. Who is behind ApeCoin? According to the ApeCoin website and the company press materials, ApeCoin is being launched by ApeCoin DAO, ApeCoin DAO, a new governing body in which all Ape holders are members. It's meant to field proposals from the community which token holders can then vote on. Other than NFT projects, other NFT projects have attempted similar voting structures. Purchasing an NFT from a collection called Nouns 
Make you a member of Now's Dow, an online investment collective that has amassed a treasury of $62 million. On a dedicated page for proposals, Now's owners can decide as a group what they'd like to do with that money. A typical proposal, quote-unquote, what if we made an NFT comic book? There's also a separate organization called the Ape Foundation which will handle day-to-day DAO administration, proposal management, and other tasks that, in, that ensure the DAO community's idea, ideas have the support they need to become a reality. It's the legal backing for ApeCoin DAO. An Ape Foundation subcommittee will also serve as ApeCoin's board, which will oversee certain proposals. The initial board consists of high pro, five high-profile crypto investors. Reddit co-founder Alexis Ahanian, Amy Wu, who leads the crypto exchange FTX's venture arm, uh, Maria Bajwa of Sound Ventures, Animaka Brands Yatsu, and Dean Steenbeck of Horizon Labs. Each board member gets a six-month term, and the Acorn website promises DAO members will be able to vote on future members. Floating somewhere in the middle of all this is a Cayman Islands based consulting company called Carton Group which is being paid $150,000 per month for a 6 month contract all 5 of the DAOs active AIPs or AIP improvement proposals were posted by Brian Tang the company's co-founder so in addition to the ApeCoin protocol the code behind ApeCoin tokens here's the ApeCoin DAO the Ape Foundation and the ApeCoin DAO board the ApeCoin wasn't developed by the community of board Ape investors there's a black hole at the center of this ape galaxy. Who actually put this thing together? The main company behind the Board Ape Yacht Club is Yuga Labs, a traditional corporate entity registered in Delaware. It's reportedly in talks with the venture capital firm Andreessen Horowitz about funding that would value it at $5 billion. And it has recently made moves to become effective, effectively the first major NFT monopoly. Now, what have we heard from? What have we? What have we gotten the impression of a monopoly before? Oh yeah, Ethereum. So, you know, a lot of people are saying. I've seen a lot of tweets, and they're saying that you know, Acorn is nothing. It's just a rug pull, and this, that, and the third. But I disagree. And but also. Keep in mind, I'm not telling you to what to do with your money. This is not financial advice, but I don't think ApeCoin is a rug pull, and I don't think it's a shit coin. I think with the backing and support that ApeCoin has, it may be something you want to keep your eyes on, man. Because as big as those NFTs are, you know, and looking at the board members and, and the people that are backing ApeCoin, you might want to dig deep, man. You may want to look into it. You know, keep your eyes on it. It's not something to brush off. It's not, I don't. I think it's it, even though it may be considered what people call a meme coin, but I think it's it's a lot bigger than, than Doge and, and Shiba Inu and other little quote unquote meme coins out there. Something to keep into. And I also, if you hear something in the background, sound like some scratching or something. That's my dog. That's my um, toy poodle in the background playing around with his his, his toy bear. Think he's over there fighting bears. Anyway, distribution of free money. The distribution model for ApeCoin further complicates that question of agency. 
62% of the total ape coins are being set aside for token holders and the Dow Treasury for the first 90 days of ape coins existence. Anyone who holds some combination of NFTs from Board Ape Yacht Club and its two spin-off collections, the Mutant Ape Yacht Club and the Board Ape Kennel Club, can claim a certain amount of ape from ape coins website. Because ape has a discrete value and is already trading on major exchanges, claiming these coins is a little like claiming free money. For each board ape you own, you're entitled to 10,994 ape. That's around $150,000 at today's prices. About half of what you need to buy yourself another board ape. Bro, wow. Now, that's what you call an airdrop. Just for holding a board ape NLT, you can claim eight coins. Wow. And it says for each board eight you own, you're entitled to 10,094 eight. Imagine holding 10 board eight NLTs. <laughs> Man, I, somebody please help me get into the NLT place. I want to create NFTs. Uh, that's what I want to do. I want to create a, a fleet of NFTs. And I can draw. I got a little artistic skills up my sleeve. You know, I can draw, draw your NFT. Anyway, so far, around 110 million ape tokens have been claimed by NFT holders. Here's a convenient dashboard for tracking ape token numbers. Blah blah blah. The other 38% of ape coin is set aside for initial contributors, and also the Jane Goodall Legacy Foundation, which supports conservation efforts for real-life jungle primates. See what I'm saying? Yuga Labs is getting 150 million, 8, 10 million of which, or equal value, will go to the Jane Goodall Gudo Legacy Foundation. Next, 140 million ape goes to the companies and people that help make this project a reality. At, and as yet unnamed group that most likely include, includes members of the Yuga Labs team and 80 million ape goes to the founders of Yuga Labs all these coins are locked for the first 12 months so holders can't just cash out and tank the price wow this is I'm telling you man this is a, a great setup this is a great um, great setup what they did they didn't just come out and say oh here's a token that matches the NFT nah this what it sounded like it's a great setup man this is this is how airdrops really supposed to be anyway the free money token claim concept for NFT isn't a new one back in September a develop a developer launched a cryptocurrency called Adventure Gold as a as a companion to an uh, accident NFT collection called Loot anyone with a loot NFT was automatic, automatically entitled to a certain amount of, uh, of adventure gold and claiming those tokens meant coming into tens of thousands of dollars without any extra effort. In this sense, an NFT can function as a license to print money. Again, Yugo Labs claims zero responsibility for Acorn. It's just, a, it's just taking a significant chunk of the profits. Is this legal? It hinges on the idea that Acorn DAO is entirely independent from Yuga Labs. If Yuga Labs issued a token explicitly as a reward for board ape holders, you can more easily make the argument that a board ape is a kind of investment and therefore subject to securities regulations. In the way that certain stocks pay dividends, part of the value of investment style NFTs would be tied to the purse they could get you down the line. With Acorn, 
um, ostensibly coming just from the Acorn Dow and not from Yuga Labs, there's a veneer of plausible deniability an independent entity allocating tokens to a company and its founders, rather than the company and its founders pumping their own investments. Of course, traditional companies tra- traditional companies do this all the time via initial public offerings of stock. The difference is the ApeCoin offering is essentially unregulated because in the U.S., the Securities and Exchange Commission still doesn't oversee NFTs. Hmm. According to Rohan Gray, a law professor at Williamette University and Crypto Regulation Observer, the distinction between ApeCoin, DAO, and Yuga Labs probably also has to do with something called the Henman Test. It's named the former. It's named for former SEC official William Hinman, who now works at Andreessen Horowitz. Hinman's idea was that if a governing body is sufficiently decentralized, it's free to issue a token without having to register it as a security. ApeCoin DAO is at least uh, nominally decentralized. Yuga Labs is not. Hmm. Oh, wait. We all know William Hammond. He's He did the famous speech that gave Ethereum a free pass. Ethereum and Bitcoin. And we know that the SEC is trying to say his speech wasn't guidance. But here, they're using him and speech as guidance. But also, another thing that just came out, it says, listen closely, closely. ApeCoin DAO is at least nominally, nom- nominally, decentralized yuga labs is not so let's put with ripple being sued by the sec let's think about that there's no dow that's distributing xrp there's no decentralized entity that's distributing xrp because we all know ripple is a private company and it's centralized of course ripple Labs is centralized as a private company and they offer uh, shares of equity on Uphold. So, we're saying that Acorn DAO is decentralized and that's where the tokens came from, not Yuga Labs. That means that Acorn is, in a sense, legal. But with Ripple being centralized at a private company issuing out XRP. I kind of see where the SEC is coming from. Not saying that that makes XRP a security, but I see the whole decentralized and centralized nature of where they're coming at with this uh, William Hemmings speech as it pertains to ApeCoin, DAO, and Yuga Labs. Interesting. Let's get back to the article. It's the next iteration of the crypto of the crypto world's attempt to get around securities regulation, he said. First of all, it was coins and then in 2017 with the SEC's IC report they couldn't do that so they switched to stable coins and then there was a clamp down on that so they switched to NFTs in Gray's opinion ApeCoin amounts to an attempt by the crypto industry to almost relitigate 2017 they were kicked out of the bar wearing a fake mustache now they've come back with a fake nose in a week but what can I do with ApeCoin? question Right now, ApeCoin mostly exists for speculation and governments for the DAO. 
but Yuga Labs has grand ambitions for the token. A mobile game called Benji Bananas, developed by Animaka Brands, whose co-founder, Yatsu, is on the board of 8 Foundation, is adopting ApeCoin as a kind of in-game currency. For, for 25 ApeCoin, you can buy a Benji Bananas membership pass, which lets you earn special tokens in-game. Those tokens can then be swapped for ApeCoins. Presumably, this is only the beginning of a whole ecosystem powered by ApeCoin. Yuga Labs plans to use Ape as its de facto currency for all new projects. That's part of the legal element too. The more you can do with the token beyond speculation, the better your shot at evading the SEC. If the price holds and traders outside the board at Yacht Club ecosystem start uh, taking positions of Ape, you can expect the use cases to uh, evolve. Hmm. This is why I said, man, ApeCoin is definitely something you would want to keep an eye on. Don't just brush it, brush it off like it's some kind of a mean coin. Um, don't just, you know, overlook it and put it to the side like it's it's a Doge coin or, or a Shiba Inu. I think it has a lot, you know, behind it. So definitely keep keep your eye on it. Um, let's see what's next. What's next? Cohen initially planned. When does he see? Cover that. Cover that. Figure it tech. Um, Katie Hahn. We cover Katie Hahn. Alright, let's check this out. Um, Figure Technologies reveals crypto backed mortgage products. Now, this is something that's, that's interesting for crypto investors and also real estate investors right so if you're like myself i enjoy crypto investing and i also plan on getting into real estate investing this year so let's dive into this this article blockchain lending startup figure technologies unveiled crypto mortgage and crypto mortgage plus both of which allow users to borrow against their bitcoin or ether to fund home purchases any amount up to $20 million for a 30-year mortgage, said co-founder Mike Cagney on his LinkedIn page. The loans will also be 100% loan-to-value. You put up $5 million in Bitcoin or Ether, we give you a $5 million mortgage. Payments, he said, can be made via the borrower's crypto collateral and figure will not rehabilitate customers' crypto. Mortgages will be available as soon as next month and potential customers can now get on a waiting list. The company website offers a bit more detail with the crypto mortgage product being much as described above by Cagney and the Crypto Mortgage Plus option, allowing customers to borrow up to 50% of their crypto crypto value to make a 20% down payment with the rest of the purchase funded with a conventional mortgage. Figure processes loan processes loans on this proprietary provenance blockchain. The company's most recent funding round was last May when it raised $200 million at a $3.2 billion valuation. Among the investors were uh, 10T Holdings and Morgan Creek Capital Management. Interesting. And people are definitely going to need more options when it comes to getting mortgages and loans for homes because the way these uh, prices are looking and, and new interest rates, it's definitely going to need some more leverage. Um, also, we have another article. U.S. investment bank Cohen launches dedicated crypto division. Cohen 
initially announced plans to move into the crypto custody business in May 2021, entering a partnership with Standard Custody and Trust Company. Cohen, a major independent investment bank, was officially launched, has officially launched a dedicated cryptocurrency and digital asset division called Cohen Digital. Cohen's new business is designed to offer full service trade, execution, and custody for cryptocurrencies like Bitcoin and other digital assets for institutional investors, the firm announced on Wednesday. In order to launch the new crypto division, Cohen has collaborated with PolyScience Cold Storage Focus subsidiary, Standard Custody and Trust Company. The bank is also a client of Digital Prime Technologies, a brokerage solution focus firm providing business and compliance services the announcement notes cohen initially announced plans to move to the crypto custody business in may 2021 entering a partnership with standard custody and trust company at the time the company also invested 25 million dollars in standards parent company polysign which was co-founded by ripple chief technology officer david swartz According to the announcement, Cohen has been working on building the infrastructure system necessary to launch Cohen Digital over the past 15 months. Managing about $16 billion in assets as of late 2021, Cohen is a major investment bank in the United States. The company is committed to outperforming its clients by staying in the forefront of innovation. Cohen CEO Jeffrey M. Solomon said, adding, through Cohen Digital, our clients now have the access to have access to the crypto and digital asset markets with our institutional quality fully integrated end-to-end execution and custody capabilities. So, future functionalities for Cohen Digital will also include derivatives and futures financing solutions as well as institutional tools for managing decentralized finance and non-fungible tokens, the announcement notes. The news comes shortly after the, the American investment bank Goldman Sachs executed its first over-the-counter crypto options trade in partnership with digital asset investment firm Galaxy Digital. Previously, J.P. Morgan Chase launched a virtual lounge in the, decentral, the, the, decentralized, the Decentraland metaverse in February. More and more adoption, people. And it's interesting that they mention um, PolySign and, and working with them. Co-founded by Chief Technology Off, Chief co-founded by Ripple's Chief Technology Officer David Swartz. And also, don't forget that Ripple, uh, Ripple's liquidity hub, is also acting in the sense of allowing institutions to also act as treasuries as well to hold a treasure chest full of you know different digital assets. So keep that in mind also. And now we move a little bit to the Ripple side of things. Quick note on the SEC case. Uh, SEC fails at basic math against Ripple and report on XRP news. Quote unquote. And this was published on March the 20th, 2022. 97 out of 500 news price rises accounts for around 20% of the data. It was observed that 40% of Bitcoin Ethereum moves resulted in XRP moves. Last time I checked, 40% is more than 20%. So, in the most recent event in the SEC versus Ripple case, the plaintiff filed its response to Ripple's motion to strike the next supplemental expert report. 
The very dispute is taking place because the court allowed each expert witness to su submit a report and then a rebuttal report. Only the SEC, however, chose to add a supplemental report, which can be interpreted as a second rebuttal. Hence, Ripple's motion to strike. SEC's triple fail. Proper procedure, deadline, and basic math. The SEC is now arguing that the rules of governing motions to exclude, exclude expert, this, this ex, expert discovery favor the plaintiff and precluding the supplemental report. A statistics, a statistics, oh man, static analyst of economic significance of Ripple's news announcements would confer an unwarranted advantage of the defendants. In conclusion, the agency believes the opinions by Dr. Metz should not be stricken or precluded. Bless me. Oh, excuse me, y'all. I think this pollen is out, man. Pollen is starting to come out in Georgia. Oh, another reason for me to keep my mask on. Oh, man. What a poorly written response. It's a repetitive, a sign of weak argument. Hold on. Bless me again. Man, pollen. Sorry, y'all. A sign of a weak argument. It wrongly accuses Ripple of failing to follow proper procedure when the failure was the SEC's. It comically offers to consent to reopening a deadline the SEC loop. Commented attorney James K. Filing, who is following the case. <coughs> Man, oh, we're going to fight through this, y'all. <laughs> we're going to fight through this pilot and get through this podcast, I promise. It's not only the SEC's inconsistencies in response to Ripple's motion to strike that are coming under fire. The report itself has been found to fail at basic math. Twitter user the XRP Arsenal pointed out that 97 out of 500 news price rises accounts for around 20% of the data. It was observed that 40% of Bitcoin and Ethereum moves resulted in XRP moves. Last time I checked, 40% is more than 20%. In addition, in addition, 40% of the seven years that were analyzed equates to 1,022 days. Ten times the amount of days that Dr. Metz states that XRP was subject to positive movement due to Ripple News. These stats just serve to prove XRP is more bound to the wider market than just Ripple. Below is the transcript of the, of the SEC's statistical findings on XRP News. In his initial report, Dr. Mess was asked to analyze XRP's price movements and assess whether actions by Ripple impacted XRP's price. Accordingly, Dr. Metz conducted an event study that identified more than 500 separate news announcements by Ripple or news items that Ripple linked to Ripple's website and employed a scientifically accepted statistical analyst to examine whether the price of XRP increased in response to several categories of positive news by Ripple or XRP. Dr. Metz found that the price of XRP rose significantly in response to eight key milestone events, five listings of XRP on new trading platforms, 77 Ripple customer and product developments, and several Ripple uh, commercial, commercial, commercialization initiatives. Dr. Metz also identified 105 days in which positive Ripple News events were co correlated with significant or abnormal positive XRP price returns that could not be explained by random chance. 
Finally, Dr. Mex examined the relationship between XRP prices and the prices of Bitcoin and Ether. In order to determine whether the price movements of XRP over time follow the price movements of other of those of other tokens, Dr. Metz concluded that between 2014 and 2020, the price, move, the price movements of those two tokens, Bitcoin and Ether, were correlated with only 40% of XRP's price movements. So, I, I agree with uh, XRP Arsenal. I mean, I think 40% is more than 20%. And if Bitcoin and Ethereum move, Ethereum's movements contributed to more upside to XRP's price, then how can you say Ripple is impacting the price of XRP. You can't do that. You just can't. Even with positive news, X, the market, the overall market movement is what's impacting XRP's price. And that still is to this day. To this day. And, and But anyone that holds XRP and a part of the XRP community on Twitter, you will know that anytime Ripple releases news, the price seems to go down. <laughs> it never reflects positive news in regards to Ripple. It'll go up maybe momentarily and then it'll drop back down. So, anyway, on to the next article. Um, why top international banks partner to use Ripple Network? So, an international banking alliance is using the Ripple blockchain network technology for cross-border payments efficiency. Banks from Canada, and Israel signed an agreement with National Australia Bank, Australia's largest business bank, to improve the security and efficiency of their payment systems, share innovation strategies, and more. Top banks use Ripple for cross-border payments. Currently, the Ripple network works with worldwide financial institutions from over 55 countries. Their on-demand liquidity, ODL, service uses the digital asset XRP, to source liquidity during, during cross-border transactions as an alternative to trading traditional systems. The Canadian Imperial Bank of Commerce and Israel's bank, Luimi, recognized small business banks are now using the Ripple payment network for cross-border transactions as a result of their alliance with National Australia Bank. The partnership is meant to enhance customer experiences by reducing costs, speeding up the payment service, and improving security. Reportedly, transactions that could have taken up to two days to become effective can now be completed within minutes. Yeah, you heard that right, people. Minutes. We believe that the tech, quote unquote, quote, we believe that the technology has the potential to only to not only deliver real time international payments, but also improve security and efficiency of our payments system. So this is important is an important piece of work, said National Australia Bank, NAB. The large Australian bank stated, we're excited to be working with CIBC and have already partnered with them in using Ripple's blockchain technology to complete international payments transfers between our banks as proof, proof of concept. The Financial Institutions Alliance is also expected to open new doors for each to access first-class international innovation initiatives and insights. NAB Executive General Manager uh, Jonathan Davy said via the bank's official announcement, our customers want us to do things differently and strategic partners like this allow us to access ideas, talent, and uh, capabilities of like-minded organizations. In this, in this case, the opportunity to tap into two leading international banks to help us gain 
world-class insights from global leaders to benefit our customers. The general manager added that this is an opportunity for the institution to develop solutions for common issues, as well as combine and leverage global knowledge and insights in order to find ways to get in front amidst the competitive and rapidly changing world of fintech. The network grows despite lawsuit. Despite the SEC versus Ripple Labs lawsuit, the company has been growing its reputation overseas and its several international partnerships. The Ripple Network is becoming popular in Australia. It is recognized by financial businesses and the co- and the company members work alongside the, co- the country's authorities as they develop a regular regulatory framework on crypto. Now, why can't that be the same here in the United States? I think it's it's clear. The United States want the, wants the dollar to remain the most dominant asset in the world, right? So by creating regulation for crypto, you are now given I guess you are now green lighting businesses and, and, and institutions to now utilize these crypto assets in a way that they can't see would also benefit the dollar. Because you gotta have an on and off ramp, and what are you gonna, what's gonna be at the end of that ramp? It should be USD, if you know everything works out right. You know, something like XRP being a bridge currency, you know, it, it helps it, it it helps all nations, it helps all sides of the world, but it also keeps that USD up and you know up in the forefront. So, I don't know. Last year, the company proposed three principles upon which an Australian regulatory framework for digital assets should be founded. This was included and credited upon the Australian Senate Select Committee on Australia as a technology and financial century. So, according to RippleNet General Manager Ashish Berla, the company ended 2021 with a payment volume run rate of over $10 billion and expanded its on-demand liquidity product to 22 destination markets. He noted that the ODL product is near to achieving global coverage. It's global coverage, people. I wonder if JPM, JPM coin has global coverage with global liquidity. 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 Berla believes the rapid growth is due to ODL's higher transaction speed and, and its more efficient use of capital in contrast with the traditional financial system. So, Ripple's still making moves, man. Don't, this SEC lawsuit is, you know, it's, just, it's a show. It's a show. It's a show. What's the next article I have here? Uh, um, Speaking of other central banks, um, Ripple is under siege as... 63 central banks collaborate on new payments system market. And I saw this earlier today. Um, the Bank for International Settlements Innovation Hub, a company owned by 63 central banks representing countries that make up 95% of global GDP, is creating a platform for international payments that would directly compete with Ripple. The announcement made by BIS yesterday for the launch of Project Dunbar comes after recent news about Ripple partners making progress on a SWIFT replacement system, 
and RippleNet being listed as a SWIFT competitor by an ARAB monitor, monetary fund group. Project Dunbar. In a press release, BIS announced that the central banks of Australia, Malaysia, Singapore, and South Africa were developing a shared platform that could enable international settlements using digital currencies. The aim of the project is to facilitate direct cross-border transactions between financial institutions and different currencies in a cheap and efficient manner. Now, we just read an article. We just read an article that said this title why top international banks partnered to use ripple network and it also said ripple was very popular in australia and it also says the large bank the large australian bank stated we're excited to be working with cibc and have already partnered with them in using ripple's blockchain technology so we go back to um project dunbar and it says in a press release, BIS announced that the central banks of Australia, Malaysia, and Singapore, and South Africa were developing a shared platform that could enable international settlements. I don't know why my dog, my dog um, thinks this is BS too. Singapore and South Africa were developing a shared platform that could enable international settlements using digital currency. The aim of the project is to facilitate direct cross border transactions. So, Project Dunbar, much like Ripple, aims to replace the old, slow, and inexpensive corresponding banking model of international transactions. That is relying upon financial institutions holding foreign currencies and often requires single payments to pass through multiple institutions before it is settled. Under Project Dunbar, there will be no need to rely on intermediaries holding foreign currency reserves, thereby decreasing the cost and time required for cross-border transactions. So, Project Dunbar focusing on international settlements using multi-CBDCs therefore seems to be directly lining itself up with institutional backing against Ripple-aligned players like the Clearinghouse, whose RTP service is designed to facilitate transactions within the digital on-the-go way we live and work today. Multiple prototypes already. BIS claimed they they had successfully developed two prototypes for their common international settlement platform, Quarter and uh, Partier. In response to the complete report, um, Subnidu Ohati, the chief fintech officer at the Monetary Authority of Singapore, said that Project Dunbar marks a key milestone in advancing the efficiency of cross-border payments globally. Now, they mentioned Quarter, and we all know Quarter had a lawsuit with Ripple a few years ago. And Quarter, Quarter R3, um, I think they tried to purchase like a billion XRP for like 0.008 or something. It was real low cost, low price. And they had a lawsuit with that um, with Ripple. They had also had a lawsuit over the contract that Ripple wanted to um, be promoted to all of Quarter's banking partners. And they kind of, Ripple kind of said that Quarter was secretly trying to compete with them and it was trying to come up with something to compete with them and they wasn't upholding their end of the of the deal so they kind of ended that that uh that contract and ended up in a lawsuit and that lawsuit ended up settling but that makes you think like now quarter is quarter r3 is back on the scene with this project dunbar alongside party and 
now they're trying to compete against XRP and Ripple. And I wonder if, uh, I don't know. We'll see how this plays out. We'll see how this plays out. You know, I, I was saying, um, you got to be mindful. Like, if you're a Ripple and you got all these people, all these institutions that are trying to partner with you and also trying to get all of this all of that that shit ton of, of XRP because they know they're gonna you you got Ripple has to give it to them for free. Ripple doesn't sell XRP to banks or financial institutions. They just give XRP away in hopes of a partnership. So if you're just giving all this XRP away to these institutions, you gotta be mindful that you know maybe they're secretly secretly trying to compete with you. And by getting off the XRP, they can manipulate the price of XRP for the long haul. Or who knows what they're trying to do with the XRP. Maybe they're trying to come up with their own business. Who who knows? Who knows? Because for as far as we know, um, the XRP ledger is an open source technology. Anyone can use it and build upon it. So maybe other institutions are getting XRP and, you know, building their own, you know, payment infrastructure. But, you know, that would be bad for Ripple, but it wouldn't necessarily be bad for us because we're just holders of XRP. We're not depending on Ripple to, you know, do anything. You know, I mean, the more people, the more institutions, the more institutions that are utilizing XRP, the better. Then, you know, we, the SEC wouldn't look at Ripple and other people wouldn't look, look at Ripple as being the common enterprise or solely relying on Ripple to promote, you know, different use cases. So, yeah, I mean, hey, if they're competing using XRP, and then, hey, the more the merrier, man. That's how I see it. Um, also, to, to piggyback on that, 31 regulated Japanese cryptocurrency exchanges to list Ripple XRP by the end of the month. And this comes out, this came out yesterday. 31 regulated Japanese cryptocurrency exchange, exchanges are going to get a green list to list 18 cryptos, including Ripple's XRP. The Japan Virtual and Crypto Asset Exchange Association, a self-regulatory organization for the Japanese cryptocurrency industry, has announced that Ripple's XRP alongside 17 other cryptocurrencies will be listed across various crypto exchanges in Japan. According to a report published on Nikia Asia today, um, a group of 31 cryptocurrency exchanges said in an online presentation that it will release a green list of the 18 cryptocurrencies that will be listed across the Japanese trading platforms by month end. Prior to the announcement, before new cryptocurrencies were listed on any of the 31 Japanese trading platforms, cryptocurrency developers were required to go through a screening process. However, the regulatory body observed that it was lagging behind in its number of supported cryptocurrencies compared to what it to, compared to what is observed on other trading platforms outside Japan. Cryptocurrencies considered to be added to the green list are tokens and coins that are widely adopted and are available for trading across three unregulated unregulated platforms operating outside Japan. Some of the cryptocurrencies added to the green list include Ripple, Ripple's XRP, Bitcoin, Ethereum, and Litecoin. The goal is to eliminate the time it takes to list a token and bring the industry closer to global standards. 
an official at the JVCEA told Nakia Asia. Interestingly, the development comes at a time when Ripple has been delisted from U.S.-based crypto exchanges due to the company's legal battle with the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC. So, while the U.S. is, while the U.S. has Ripple hemmed up in in, in, in court over XRP, you have Japan getting ready to list XRP on 31 regulated exchanges. Man, I tell you, I tell you. And last topic of the day: um, Ripple vows for immediate resolution in, in the SEC lawsuit, lawsuit, claiming XRP isn't a security. Ripple price started an uptrend as the payment giant maintained a stand on the sale of XRP token. Ripple argues XRP is not an unregistered security and asked Judge Sarah Netburn to reject the SEC's request for an extension in the lawsuit against the payment giant. Ripple price started an uptrend um, as the payment giant criticized the Securities and Exchange Commission demand for a, an extension of time in the SEC versus Ripple lawsuit. Brad Garlinghouse, the CEO of Ripple, along with co-founder Chris Lawson, addressed Magistrate Judge Sarah Netburn and argued that the court and argued that the court denied the SEC's request to allow a brief extension. The SEC requested an extension to state its intentions on conducting additional discovery. The regulator filed a request on March 21, 2022. The payment giant has criticized the regulator's request. The SEC argued that the extent of the discovery, discovery they wish to take is unclear and needs additional time to decide whether it is required. Analysts have evaluated the Ripple price trend and predicted a rally in outcomes. Um, blah, 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 trend reversal. I'm not a chart guy. I don't pay attention to all that. Uh, uh, but that's it. Um, Ripple is, is moving to speed up everything. They're trying to get it to summary judgment. So the judge can release her summary and come up with her summary on what she believes XRP is. And Ripple is going to continue to prove to the courts why they feel that XRP is not a security. So it's good to see that Ripple is now trying to, you know, bring this thing to an end. I think we've been in this case long enough, man. Um, so I'm, I'm, I'm looking forward to some to some kind of resolution so we can get this show on the road. Um, other than that, follow me on Twitter at JVGreat. Um, reach out if you have some things you want me to cover. Um, you know, shoot them to my inbox. I, I, you know, get a lot of notifications every day. Uh, so just shoot it to my inbox, and you know, if it's interesting, I'll cover it. I try to provide an episode every week. I try to do every Wednesday um, because that that gives you enough time, you know, for new things to you know kind of pile up. You know, I don't want to release an episode every day. Um, I may release an episode. I may release start releasing two episodes a week. Um, you know, depending on how this thing grows. Uh, still fairly new. Um, you know, but I've been enjoying it so far. Just sharing my thoughts with you guys. You know, but if you like the show, man, you know, stay, stay, stay subscribed. Uh, whatever you're on, if you're on Spotify uh, or, or Apple Podcasts, or if you're on Anchor, man, just you know, leave me some rates. You know, leave a five-star rating, comment, you know, however you feel. If you feel it's one star, you leave one, one star. If you feel it's two stars, three stars, four, four, whatever. However you feel, you know. But thank you for tuning in, man. Continue to have a great day. Stay blessed, y'all. Stay great out there. 
I'm out.